Welcome to the Manity First Podcast. I am Chris Ryan, along with Peter Evers here at Bamsey's World Headquarters in Brockton, Massachusetts. And today's focus on the podcast is going to be on wellness. And we've been talking you know, a lot about some of the challenges that we're facing as a community and a society uh, during the pandemic environment, the rise in uh, circumstances with people dealing with mental health issues, substance misuse. And today we're going to focus kind of more on the positive side of things and how wellness can create an environment in which we don't have to go to outside substances or sources in order to try to find happiness and fulfillment. And wellness has a number of different buckets that you can go into. And we're going to get into that today. But first, let's welcome in the host of this show. That is Peter Evers, President and CEO of Bamsey. Peter, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Chris. And um, we are um, very privileged to have on the show today Sandy Albert, who is our health and safety coordinator. And I was, I was smile when I say that, Sandy, because when um, years and years ago I, I worked in residential and I did my food food tra- uh, safety uh, training, and I learned all of the. Um, temperatures at which you can serve to people and I became completely obsessed about it so much so that my wife called me food safety boy for about five years uh, but I still remember the the uh, the temperature at which you can um, uh, serve chicken but obviously it's a lot bigger than that and I think when we begin as an organization to have a conversation about the health and the wellness of our of, of our employees we we're, we're on the right track um, somebody once said to me that you know people in work don't leave their personal life or whatever they're doing at the door when they come into work uh, and these you know body and mind is is fused and I think having these conversations about work-life balance and around the safety I'm sorry the health um, of the workforce um, is uh, long overdue um, and you've been in this position not too long right I think about six months is that right uh, actually, first of all, I just want to say you definitely have me beat on the whole knowing the temperature for the chicken thing, so I applaud you for that. 160 um, degrees. Oh, <laughs> How long do you have to cook it for? <laughs> Doesn't matter. As long as it's 160 degrees. Correct. Chi- uh, as long as the chicken is 160 that degrees. That is correct, yes. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Very good. Very good to know. What about fish? Let's move on. All right. <laughs> Go ahead, Sandy. Good to know. So I actually have been in the position almost a year now. It's been a really quick year. October um, will be a year. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. It just seems like five minutes. And you, of course, sort of assumed this position right in the middle of the, the epidemic, which I'm sure has had some uh, uh, challenges as well with people working at home. But you, I, I really commend you pushing this idea of making sure that people are actually thinking about their own uh, health um, and their families as well. Uh, and I know that we're in the middle of a couple of really interesting um, projects that you're that you're undertaking. So do you want to talk about a couple of them? Sure, absolutely. Um, I think the biggest thing right now is we, as of July 1st, have just uh, launched a new initiative related to our um, wellness website in conjunction with Blue Cross Blue Shield, and that is called A Healthy Me. Um, So although uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield members have always had access to this website, we've really taken it to the next level and worked over the last four or so months at making sure that all BAMSI employees have access to this website because we 
um, really feel that um, we, as an agency, want to take care of everybody, not just people who are subscribed with our health insurance um, uh, product, um, but all employees. We want to make sure that everybody has access to that. And uh, that website really is, is a one-stop shop for everything related to wellness. It's customized to Bamsey. There'll be uh, campaigns over the course of the year um, where people can, you know, uh, get involved, um, do some healthy activities, possibly win some prizes. There's a health assessment on there um, that can lead you um, right to relevant issues for you. So you, you take this assessment and... Um, you know, it identifies any risk areas uh, that you may have, and it'll bring you right to resources that can help you address those, whatever those areas are, whether you want to lose a few pounds, get more active, you have issues with diabetes, cancer, whatever those are, um, that will lead you right to the resources available to you. So that's the biggest thing going on right now, and we do have other things related to that. We're going to be... Um, we're going to have a step challenge coming up through the course of the year. Uh, What's that? So um, we're going to have a couple. Um, so we haven't launched um, the um, information on this yet, but the first step challenge will be in October. And essentially um, anyone who um, you know tracks their steps and has an average of 7,000 steps a day um, we'll have the opportunity to win some prizes, uh, and people can walk, um, you know, alone, you know, after work, um, during their work break. They can work, walk in groups. Um, we're going to be getting into a lot more detail around that, but that's coming, and people should should look for that and get excited about it. Um, we're really, really excited about some of the things we're doing. Uh, another big initiative that we have. Um, implemented over the last couple months is Wellness Wednesday. So every Wednesday from, I believe, the end of March to the end of fiscal year, June 30th, every single Wednesday we have a Lunch and Learn style session at uh, noon, uh, a recorded session um, through Zoom. It was, it was live, but it was recorded for the um, the instructor recorded it so that people would have access to that afterwards. And that included topics anywhere from, um, you know, uh, taking care of your emotional well-being, stress, eating healthy, sleeping healthy, all those, all the things related to wellness. Uh, we had a variety of topics, and we're looking forward to um, continuing with that uh, starting um, September, actually August first. We're going to have, uh, we're going to re-implement that. We took a month off and we're going to do that actually on a monthly basis, so one Wednesday a month. But that doesn't mean that we won't have other things going on that we'll be sending communication out uh, on Wednesdays um, for. We're, we're going to keep that Wellness Wednesday. Fantastic. Yeah. A couple things off of that. and if, I'll do an upshot on the aspects of wellness that you were describing there in a little bit. But, but first off, what is your general assessment of what has happened collectively to our wellness as a community during the course of the of the pandemic the pandemic where you know the disruption i think has moved people in a couple of different directions there are those who have become even more focused on wellness and that is kind of their 
their main pillar of, of, of their life at this point. And there's others that have completely kind of lost their way on, on wellness and have um, maybe gained some weights, have seen their uh, mental health uh, circumstance diminished, they're not eating as well, they're drinking alcohol a bit more and have gone in the, the other direction. So what is your, your general assessment on what the pandemic has done to um, wellness uh, in, in our community? Well, I think you just spoke very eloquently, exactly. Uh, I think there's some people who um, have had a lot of difficulty maintaining their wellness. Gyms were closed. Mm -hmm. Um, um, It was harder to get doctor's appointments. Um, People were nervous about, um, you know, going to the doctor, so may have, you know, kind of ignored some things that they would normally have gotten checked out in the past. Um, same with therapy uh, appointments and, and available clinicians. That is very difficult for people to get access to. Um, whereas on the other hand, um, you know, depending on, you know, what you prioritize, a lot of people were just trying to stay afloat and taking care of young kids and trying to balance uh, their home life um, and taking care of their kids with working mm-hmm. as well, all under mm-hmm. the same roof at the same time. So and going to work meant, you know, opportunities to take a break from the kids and to take a break and from and I to mean, exercise on your way to work or on the way home. Exactly. So not not everybody had that opportunity anymore. And so, therefore, for some people that, you know, their own wellness um, took a back seat. Uh, other people, you know, um, may have been able to, like, bolster their home gym, take care of those things, get on some telehealth, you know, kinds of things. So I think you spoke to exactly what happened. There's a divide. There's some people who really prioritize and, and, you know, um, took certain steps to make sure that they took care of their mental well-being, their physical well-being, their, you know, their medical appointments and all that. And other people, depending on their situation, just had to put it on, um, you know, lower on the priority Mm -hmm. list. And I also want to ask you a little bit about people who feel like they have slipped and they are looking to figure out how to get back to a place where they can focus on their wellness and start to take some little steps to to go in the right direction. I think that the Blue Cross partnership that you mentioned is a great starting point because it allows for you know you to assess and have some strategies to to deal with that. But you mentioned a number of key areas. One was sleep, one was stress, one was exercise, and one was uh, diet. So. In those four areas, what are some of the ways that people can just get started? Because I think, you know, we talked about harm reduction a lot last week. And to me, you know, there's this feeling of, okay, if I can't do all the things, I'm not going to do any of them that exist sometimes with people. So what's what's some good strategies for people just to get started in dealing with stress, diet, uh, exercise, and uh, I forget what the other one was. I think it was mental health. Sleep. Oh, sleep. Yeah. So I think I think a good way to approach things and how I always, uh, when I talk to people about, you know, adopting a healthy lifestyle is really kind of how we, uh, you know, address um, anything really when we're trying to change anything in our lives and when we talk about goals and, you know, that elephant, how do you eat an elephant you take? One bite at a time, right? So, um, when I how long do you have to cook an elephant for, Peter? Before it's <laughs> how heavy is the elephant? <laughs> what temperature should it be at? Um, One forty. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, um, by the way, we're not encouraging the the no, eating or cooking of any elephants on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that um, you know, and, and it's and it's difficult to not get into that all or nothing kind of thing, and it, it can be very overwhelming. But when I when I talk to people about adopting a healthy lifestyle, the way I pro- approach it is to talk about habits and creating habits. And maybe taking um, a couple weeks and focus on one thing. Just think, I'm going to drink, you know, five cups of water a day every day for the next, you know, couple weeks. And, and when that's a habit, then build on another habit. Uh, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to try and get eight hours of sleep, you know, every every day for this week. And then when that becomes a habit, add on it another habit. So it's really about building healthy habits. Do you um? I think that's so true, and it's so intimidating that when, you know, there, there used to be the, I think a Planet Fitness used to do this thing where the guy said, I pick things up and I put them down. And, you know, there is an intimidating factor about about gyms and wellness and things like that. And I think it is creating a profile for yourself, right? It is, you know, um, what are the small steps that I can take that maybe get longer? You know, nobody runs a marathon straight off, right? You uh, you run a mile and you say, well, I wonder if I could run two or, or, or even walk two. And uh, I think that um, and, the, and the encouragement as well. I, I, what I really like about what we're doing here is beginning to create cohorts of people that can have conversations about um, about how they're doing. You know, I look out the window every every day here, and there's a group of folks who go walking every day, and and it's just it's really nice because they get to get away from work a little bit. Uh, share some time and exercise at the same time. It's you know, um, it's a, a social thing uh, and it's wonderful. But there are so many other things that you can do, and I, th- and that's why I like this idea of, you know, not just it's not one uh, solution for everybody. It's creating your own goals and creating your own idea about where you want to get there. And eventually, suddenly, you've made a lot more pro- pro- progress than even perhaps you thought you had. Where where's a good place to you kind of mentioned starting small so to speak but if you're looking to make an impact you know what are the most important areas you think to make that impact is it diet is it getting moving is it is it sleep the center like what is the what in your view is the the main area if you're looking to improve wellness to kind of get started on that's an interesting question and it kind of reminds me of a conversation that I had with a personal trainer a long time ago, um, and I had asked her, what is the best exercise that you can do? And you know what she said? She said, the one you stick with. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at what is the one thing that you can do to start making a difference, the thing you can stick with. Because that's yeah. what build, starts to build, you know, feeling success. Like if Pick something small. Make, pick something that you know you can accomplish. Because once you start feeling those feelings of accomplishment, that just grows. Yeah, I think you made a really good point earlier about habits. And habits are both positive and negative. And we may not even consider all the different habits and rituals that we have in our lives. But um, it's as long as it takes time to get things in the mix and to get them there consistently, it also takes time to get things out of you know, the mix as well. Like as an example, if you're looking to, to drink less, but well, what are you going to replace that with? Um, if you're looking to eat less, what are you going to replace that with? And there's the natural offsets which take place. You exercise more, you're going to want to eat more. What do you eat? Are you eating, you know, the right things? And 
you know, it, it can get daunting, particularly for people that are not myself perhaps included, all that inclined to healthy eating or exercise outside of what you enjoy doing, you know, biking or playing basketball with the kids or pitching BP to, to the baseball team, whatever, um, going for a walk. I mean, it it can be daunting if you don't go in the right direction. And I'm interested in your, your feeling on that because there are some people that are obsessive about exercise and obsessive about their food to the point of which where you, you just don't see that being a fit for you. And you're like, it's a little, it's a little much. Like they may be, they may be so focused on this that it may be causing them some, you know, stress and mental health issues and on the other side of things because they're so focused on, you know, making sure that there's perfection in their exercise and counting of the calories and so forth. So, how do you how do you go about finding a good fit for you where you may be into something and you get there and you're like yeah they, this is a little too much right so if you're talking about exercise in particular um it, i think you're right it, it's really important to find something that you like and brings you joy because it there's absolutely no sense in doing something that makes you miserable. That's just going to create more stress, and that's that's not good. And you won't stick to it, right? You won't <laughs> stick to it. You'll feel like, you know, you failed, and it's like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. It's not going to work. So, really, it's just all about balance, you know, trying different things, looking um, at things differently, not necessarily, um, you know, looking at, you know, you don't have to go to a gym to, to get exercise and be healthy. Um, what are some good alternatives to that? Because for me as a, I, I can't, I can't do the gym. Like I just, it just drives me nuts. Like I feel like I'm just wasting time there and you're like watching the clock or you're going on the elliptical and whatever. I'm like, I could be doing something else. And like, it just doesn't, it, <laughs> it just doesn't, it doesn't work for me. And I'm like, and then you see the calorie thing. I'm like, I'm only losing this many calories. <laughs> it's like, it's like, why am I wasting my time doing this? Um, so what are some you know, what are some good alternatives to you know to the gym and what are how do you, do you just keep trying things in order to try to, to figure out what works because you know there's also the mindset of it maybe you shouldn't be enjoying it maybe this is exercise exercise is not supposed to be fun you know there's that too. Um, well, I think really taking an inventory of what do you like to do like so maybe there's certain sports you like and you don't even think of that as being exercise because you you like it but that is exercise and if say you like basketball or baseball you you do you know you meet the guys for hockey on wednesday nights or whatever um if those are the kinds of things that you like to do do them more often go for walks play with your kids even gardening or, or kayaking or boating or, you know, um, canoeing, whatever, all of that is exercise. So it's really kind of taking stock and, and taking inventory on what your hobbies are and trying to, to build off of those and, and build exercise into those things. Just one more thing on this. Then <laughs> what is – He needs help. I do need help, <laughs> which is why you're here. Um, so, like, there's the, the feeling and philosophy of – you have to exercise X amount of time per day, 30 minutes per day, or you have to lose this many calories. What is the what is the benefit of that versus just being active and moving and walking? And Because the, the calories that you lose walking are obviously minimal, but you're getting your heart rate up. You're moving around. It's, there's obviously more benefit in doing that than not doing anything. But, you know, is is that – 
is that enough? Is are you active enough if you are just doing things every now and then, or do you should you set an amount of time that you exercise and say, well, if I'm if I'm playing again, this is the mental gymnastics of being a part of one of the you know a group that focuses on time and calorie loss and all that. I mean, do you have to play basketball for X amount of time if you're not going to be doing that instead of going on the elliptical for an hour? How do how do you go about determining what is the the right thing for you to be doing for you and your health? So I guess it depends on what your goals are. If you're looking for general health and well-being, then, yeah, going for walks and playing basketball and just, you know, when they say 30 minutes a day on most days, it means you're moving, walking, you know, playing basketball, gardening, whatever, all of those things, not necessarily taking a, you know, a hit class in the gym. You know, it's for general wellness. You just want to be moving your body 30, min- 30 minutes a day from, from most days. If your goal is to lose weight and, you know, lose fat and lose weight, then you are going to, you know, you're going to be focused on making sure you expend more calories than you take in. So your approach may be a little different. If your goal is to improve your cardiovascular health, then you, you know, that's going to be different as well. You're going to be looking to be sweating and, and, you know, really huffing and puffing and getting your your, um, your heart going. So it really depends on what your goals are. So you don't just say, I want to be healthier. You have to like be clearly define what you, what that means. Well, I think you. that's a start. Yeah, I mean, it's a start, but it's like you, in order to meet what you want to do, you have to define what you're yeah, looking you have to. to. Yeah, decide, you know, what, what are your goals? What are you looking to improve? What do you want to do? What I really think is that, and this is why the Healthy Me thing is really good, because if you start measuring things, if you start taking an interest in those things, then you'll get results. That's the beginning of it. Like, I wonder if I need to work my, my heart. Or talk about sleep for a minute because I think that's something that people – that's the one thing I think people tend to ignore and tend to think – this might be just me – but tend to think, oh, well, I'm a poor sleeper, so that's the way it is. There is a really deleterious effect on your health if you're not sleeping enough. Um, and some people just take it for granted. But there are so many things that you can do. And a lot of that is playing around with, you know, what you're eating uh, at night, what you're drinking. Um, and I think they call it good sleep hygiene. Yes. Um, and and there's probably people listening to this saying, well, you know, I only get four hours a, 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 a night, but I've got used to it. But, you know, that's not good for you, right? You really should be striving for better sleep habits, Absolutely, and, and sleep is the most underrated um, thing, I guess, um, to, you know, that, and I think people ignore that whole thing, just as you said, and don't understand the impact that not getting enough sleep. I mean, we all know that our body repairs itself during sleep and resets and all that, but um, I don't think that people understand the depth of what goes on. Uh, and, and if you don't get enough sleep, um, it, it affects your hormones. And when your hormones are affected, then everything is affected. Right. And if you are, say, for example, if you're trying to lose weight and you're, you know, you're doing everything you need to do to lose weight, but you're only getting three hours of sleep a night mm-hmm. or four hours, that it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just one example. And not, not everybody's looking to lose weight, but whatever you know your health goals are um sleep definitely has to um be in the picture for something that 
you uh, need to pay attention to. Absolutely. Yeah, especially we're a 24-hour program here at BAMS, and we have people that work overnights as well. And, and those folks really need to concentrate on that because, you know, that is outside of your biorhythms. You know, we are, we are you know, um, limbically programmed to sleep when it's dark, and some of our folks just can't do that. So equally important to pay attention to that and make sure that you're putting sleep back in the, in the deposit sort of side of the bank, really, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I feel that sleep is not only underrated, but I feel like it's, you know, perhaps the pillar behind all of the other aspects of of wellness. And, you know, just personally speaking, like I feel that if I do not sleep enough, then um, I am more irritable. Uh, I'm less likely to exercise because I'm going to be tired and I have to convince myself uh, to do that. And my decision-making changes as well. So I feel that, that sleep, despite it being something that, you know, we don't necessarily want to do because everybody wants to, you know, watch, you know, the end of the game or watch as much as they can on, on Netflix or just the aspect of. Not me. I love sleep. Well, I do too. I love maybe it. Maybe not every. Maybe not everybody. No. <laughs> um, but I, I do enjoy my uh, my sleep. Um, I feel that it's important. But how about napping? And what are your feelings on on that? Because I am also. At I don't work. know. What? That work. <laughs> what are your feelings on that? <laughs> we we all know when the door closes in here that it's, it's sleepy time for Peter. But um, what what are your feel what are your feelings on you know, on napping and is that healthy? Is it unhealthy? There are a lot of people who have, who sleep you know only three or four hours a night and they have that power nap during the day and then bam they're off, they're off again. What are your thoughts on, on that? Well, I don't want to speak scientifically because I haven't really you know researched that whole thing, but. Um, I think there's something to be said. I know there's other cultures that actually they go home, you know, have a little siesta, come back to yeah. work, and I think that the productive their productivity is is you know affected by that. So um, I think that I think the ideal, and I'm I'm speaking not from a scientific standpoint. I'm just telling you my thoughts. I think the ideal is to try and get at least seven hours in bed at a stretch, you know, or at night. Um, but, I mean, a little siesta here and there I can't hurt, I'm sure. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't want to finish this conversation without talking about mindfulness as well because, you know, the body is important and, and our giving ourselves cardio vascular workouts all important but i think the other part of that is mindfulness and it and it sort of triggered it a little for me when you think about you know the work that we do is incredibly stressful and sometimes we carry that into our sleep even in terms of you know i mean who hasn't woken up at three in the morning saying ah i didn't do that thing i should have done at four o'clock in the afternoon it can wait until tomorrow um, and I found over the years that mindfulness and um, whatever I always remember saying to people, meditation is is what it works for you is is finding a place where you can really sort of empty your mind and give you and give your brain a rest. And I think uh, again, good sleep habits are uh, connected with good mindfulness, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Mindfulness is so important. Um, meditation. Um, there's, there's all kinds of. I've been looking into um, meditation apps yeah. lately, yeah. and they're really helpful and um, and free. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, there's a lot of free ones. Yeah. And I think that um, and I haven't been doing it that long. I'm just starting to look into meditation and doing some of that 
um, because I do know that it's so important, and that's one of the things that I myself um, have a goal to improve upon. But um, it's I've, I'm finding that when I when you sit and you just kind of sit with yourself and like take some deep breaths and let everything kind of slip away and just calm your brain. Mm-hmm. It's amazing the, the things that in the answers, mm-hmm. right? Um, to like questions you may have. Like I always say, um, it's almost the same as like when I run. Um, it's because I'm like alone with myself and I'm just thinking of my like breath patterns and all that kind of stuff. And I always joke and it's a hundred percent true. When I run, I come up with some of my best ideas and mm-hmm. my best thoughts yeah. and solutions and everything. And meditation is almost like kind of the same. Do you and carry a notebook with you and write those things down? <laughs> I don't, but when I get home, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, you know, the driving in the car, not necessarily around Boston, um, where you have to be a little more, you have to be mindful of what's going on around you. Yeah. But um, I also I find the shower are, are two places where you can um, you can definitely think. And actually, even uh, as much as I hate doing it for extended periods of time, when you are on the elliptical uh, or the treadmill, um, thoughts will come to you yeah, as well. But it uh, my ADD starts to set in, and it's uh, after yeah. about fifteen minutes, it's a little too much. Um, the final thing I wanted to touch upon is uh, healthy eating, and a major challenge for for many people is that. Healthy eating has a big price tag to it, and so you know, it costs a lot to get quality um, fruits and vegetables, and to you know, get high quality products. Do you have any um, ideas or answers for people that are looking to eat in a way that is very healthy, but also want to do it on a you know, on a budget? And um, are there some things, whether it's grains or other types of uh, of foods that are good for you and don't cost a lot um, because it, that's a big uh, inhibitor for a lot of people is how much it costs to eat healthy versus not healthy a lot of times. Yeah, I think, well, I want to say a couple things about that. First of all, I think sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it's all about where our priorities mm-hmm. are. You really have to look at you know what you're spending your money on and whether eating healthy is important to you. Uh, a cup of Dunkin' Donuts coffee costs, I don't even know what it costs because I don't buy coffee. $2.84. All right, so if you're getting a cup of Dunkin' Donuts coffee. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do you drink Dunkin' Donuts coffee at all? Maybe. <laughs> so a Dunkin' Donuts coffee costs $2.84. And if you're getting one of those every week, my quick math tells me that's about $21 a week, right? And right? if you're doing it every day, if you're doing it every day, it's twenty one dollars. Twenty eight. Whatever it is, math is not my. It's probably nearer thirty bucks actually. <laughs> um, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so that and, and that's just an example. Are you eating out five times a week, three times a week, two times a week, or whatever? So I mean, one dinner out, and we all like to go out to dinner, of course, on a weekend or whatever. But if you're doing that a couple times a week, that can come to well over a hundred dollars. Um, so that's the first thing, and I'm not saying that that's... Your kids can also eat uh, $5 worth of strawberries in uh, an afternoon as well. So that's But, so, I mean, that's the first thing you can look at. The second thing that you can kind of think about is, yes, there are certain things you can do to reduce costs. Um, buy in bulk. Use, you know... Uh, grains and, and all those things. Obviously, you can't buy like fruit and veggies in bulk unless you buy, you know, frozen or whatever. Which is frozen, by the way, is 
almost just as good as yeah. fresh, sometimes better. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah, because they're frozen so quick, they're, you know, at the peak of ripeness. So there's certain things you can buy in bulk. Um, you can go to farmer's markets. Community farms, yeah. Community farmer's markets, which, by the way, on our a healthy meat uh, website, we have a list yeah. of local... Uh, um, CSAs and farmers markets. So if you're interested in that, go on there and check it out. But yeah, there's a number of different things that you can do to reduce um, cost and look at how you're spending your money and maybe uh, reprioritize a little bit. Yeah, I would. The CSA is a really good idea. Um, somebody would joke with me once, though. They said, as long as you like garlic scapes. But no, <laughs> every week there is <laughs> every week there is uh, um, something, and it and it is cheap. But I agree, uh, Chris. I, I I'm glad you pushed back a little bit because I don't think healthy eating has to be. Uh, an expensive option. Now, if you go to Whole Paycheck, um, uh, Whole Foods, um, and you know you're going to pay top dollar for that, but there are other places that you can do that. And I really think it's about lifestyle adjustment as well in that regard. And I think um, I, I think we do have to be mindful that there are parts of this country where there are food deserts, though, and, and yes. we need to continue to do a lot of advocacy around getting fresh food into fresh food. Sorry. Uh, into neighborhoods that really uh, lack those, and I think we need to push back on that a little bit. Yeah, I think Peter makes a great point there. And in listening to um, great speakers and reading about food insecurity, um, you know, there's the middle class family, then there's the uh, the working poor or impoverished individuals, and with them, you know, the option of a McDonald's dollar menu versus um, going to the grocery store is still a better option for them. From yeah, which a, might be five miles away, and you don't have transportation. Right from a from a fiscal sense. So, yeah, I think that um, one of the the major challenges, and I think we've seen more of this being done, is to if we want to keep people healthy, to look at the costs and figure out how to create an environment where people can afford food that is better for them or to educate on how, you know, as you're mentioning, how to uh, to budget, how to what to buy uh, and what is healthy and what isn't healthy. Sandy, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, Sandy. It was great. Thanks. Sandy Albert joining us here, health and wellness coordinator here at BAMSI. I am Chris Ryan. Thank you so much for joining us for the Humanity First podcast. Have a great rest of the day, everybody.